0: You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe, and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at nine fifteen or 11, here at 847 York Street. Good morning, Harvest. Hey, who knew that picking up garbage could be so much fun? So proud of our efforts as we just practically put our arms around the city to say, I love you. What a great day that was. I love that recap. Hey, you know what? In the New Testament, Paul talks about pillars in the assembly. And uh, if you read the King James Version of the New King James, kind of a, a strange phrase, pillars in the assembly, he's talking about people are holding up a local church and give support to it, whether you notice it or not. In a building, you don't always notice a pillar when it's there, but you always notice it when it's not there. If you do the renovation and you move a pillar that's not supposed to be moved, you'll have a collapse. Well, we have pillars in our church that have been here from the very beginning of Harvest and support Harvest. And one of those ladies is having a birthday today, and she has uh, been literally a pillar of this assembly, her and her husband, but focusing on Linda Oje today because it's her birthday. And uh, you've probably been prayed. She's prayed with you. She's definitely prayed for you, gives wise counsel, and is behind the scenes always making sure our church is spotless. Just love so much. Linda Oje. big shout out. Happy birthday to you. Go ahead in the chat box today and take a few minutes uh, and fuss over Linda Oje. We just love her so very, very much. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our expansion series as much as I've been enjoying it. Wow, it's just been great. To sense the wind of the Holy Spirit up underneath this message is God's encouraging us that the restrictions in the natural uh, are, are, are nothing for God, that he's removing those and uh, he's bringing us into a season of expansion. Next week I'll give the final installment of this message and I'm excited about the final installment, not because we'll be done, <laughs> I'd like it to keep going. But because I want to share with you uh, some practical ways that we are going to expand as a church family, and I'll tell you about how you can participate in an expansion offering. And we'll tell you about that next week as we're getting ready for the more of what God has for us. Hey, Psalm 31 verse 8 says this, you have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but you've set my feet in a spacious place, or you've set my feet in the place of expansion. I want to really note this morning that when we are in seasons of restriction, and there are seasons we're experiencing restriction, I'm using that word, we're not focusing on the political ramifications of it, but just the restrictions that we have faced because of COVID. But I've been in other seasons of restriction in my life, and restriction is not about the enemy. So important that we understand this, that we don't focus on the enemy. Everybody's kind of looking for a demon behind this, or maybe a new world leader behind these restrictions. But but David said this in wisdom, you have not given me into the hands of the enemy. You know, the Bible says that we are in the hands of God. And no one can pluck us from the hands of our Father. And so we're in God's hands. We're not in the enemy's hands. And David is reiterating that saying, I'm not in the hands of the enemy, but I'm in the hands of God, and he's setting me in the place of expansion. I just wanted to note that today because, again, as we talked in week one, I talked to you about this idea of expansion. And I believe that we're getting ready to step into a season of expansion as individuals, our families, uh, our, our church, yes, and our city is poised. It's vibrating for expansion. And uh, just this week, the announcement of our new police chief, and we're so excited uh, about, uh, about that. Now, last week, I shared some principles uh, about how to make the most of an expansion opportunity. We looked at the idea of just get ready. <laughs> get ready for this idea. Step toward the idea and don't wait. Because expansion seasons are time-sensitive. They are, they are keros times, as we talked about seasons in God, but they do have a chronos time limit. It's almost as if the door opens and then the door closes. And it's not as if, you know, if you miss this one, you miss them all. God opens other seasons of expansion but we do need to move quickly once we witness to it. We say yes to it in our spirit. We want to move quickly through the doorway that God opens into our season of expansion. Today I want to share some more principles with you about moving into our spacious place. First Chronicles, the Jabez prayer, as it's been referred to recently, it says this, Jabez cried out to the Lord God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. And enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain, or free from uh, anything that would cause difficulty in my life, and God granted his request. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me today, I've changed the wording, it'll be on the screen, we're going to pray this prayer together today, would you do that with me right now? Lord, we pray today that you would bless us, take, from, take us from the place of restriction, and bring us to the place of expansion. Lord, enlarge us and keep us from harm. Thank you for granting our request. And everybody said, come on now, amen. Oh, I can't wait to hear your voices in the room. That will be so soon. Hey, when you get into the place of expansion, expect God to, to bless you. When you're on your way to expansion, expect God to bless you. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning, is really broadening your understanding of how much God loves you, how much he wants, he wants, he wants to bless you. In fact, you need the blessing of God. You need his extravagance of generosity on your life to get you to the place of expansion. So we're going to see this morning We're reminded often, as we've done this series, that God brings us to a season of expansion to heighten our authority, our responsibility, our effect, kingdom-wise, in the region in which we live. We believe all these things are happening because God intends to heal more people. God intends more marriages to survive in this area. God intends for the suicide rate to go down, not to continue going up. God intends for more people to be broken free from addiction. God intends there to be uh, his word, his good news in this region, and every church to experience growth like never before. You see, God is bringing us into a season of expansion. Because he wants to expand his kingdom in this region. Come on, think about it. I believe God wants to plant some churches. He wants to expand in this region. Get ready for God to bless you. We're going to focus on a scripture from Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read this this morning. And then I'm going to just highlight some of the thoughts that are here in Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet is prophesying to Israel. And he's talking to them about the fact that there's a gap between what God has spoken to them and what uh, they're experiencing. And he says this Sing, barren woman who has never had a baby. Fill the air with song, you who've never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents, make your tents large. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Come on, somebody. Let's think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive those tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. For your maker is your bridegroom, the Lord of hosts is his name. Oh, I love this scripture. Let me just highlight a few thoughts. Last week, we ended the service with Christina and I at the border, crossing from Canada into the U.S., into upstate New York with nothing but a driver's license. What an expression of God's unprecedented favor that was. And uh, he took us into our place of enlargement. I'm referencing that story because for us, it's one of the largest Practical expressions of enlargement, a season of enlargement. We've had many of them in our lives, but this one was pronounced and really expanded us in a way and changed us in many ways. In fact, today, harvest is the recipient of that enlargement back uh, what seems so long ago, 1991. The scripture I just read to you, God was speaking to his people Israel using the analogy of a woman who was barren. All right, so she can't have children. Her womb, for whatever reason, is is shut up. Or maybe her husband that she was married to, uh, using the analogy, isn't able uh, to have children. So there is no possibility of expansion. And God's people were in a place, as Isaiah the prophet was prophesying to them, that they weren't experiencing expansion. In fact, they were in a time of great restriction. But using that analogy, think about it. A barren woman, she cannot have a family. She's watching all the other couples have babies. She's watching all the other families expand. And her heart is sad. Or her heart is heavy. And she wants to be happy every time she hears the announcement of somebody's pregnant, somebody doing a gender reveal, uh, blue bomb or pink bomb on Instagram. And she wants to be happy for them, but inside, the pain Of being childless, it's just so great. She has no capacity for expansion. But then God says, I want you to increase. I want to bless you. I want to expand you. And He gives these instructions to Israel, these instructions to us today. He says, Begin to sing as if you weren't barren, begin to sing and celebrate as if God were your husband. This is a key thought, a really key thought for us today. Begin to sing to God as if he were your husband. Now think about this. If, you were, if you're in covenant relationship with God, And that's what marriage speaks about. You know, as guys, this idea that being married to God, make God your husband. Paul talks in Ephesians about the mystery uh, of marriage, a husband and a wife. And he says, really, this mystery speaks of the mystery of Christ and his church. And what it's talking about, the example of being married to Jesus, uh, and again, as guys, we have the hardest time with this because we're thinking gender-wise and we're thinking about literal marriage, and it isn't literal marriage. It's the covenant. We're we're, we're not in a contract with God. God relates to us covenantally. We're in covenant with God. And so the Bible is saying, remember that you're in covenant with God. And the covenants this morning, I don't have time to really unpack that if that's a new idea for you. uh, Abraham uh, was the first to be in co- not the first, but God, uh, Abraham uh, enjoyed covenantal or covenant with God. God broke covenant. And it speaks of an intimate relationship. And so as marriage has uh, this this intimacy of conversation and connection, expression of love, this deep intimacy. So it is to be with us in God. Now if God is your covenant partner, you can't be barren. If God is covenanting with you and promising with you, those circumstances seem to have restricted your capacity to expand. You're in a season of restriction. Just like the children of Israel were, the prophet comes and begins to speak and says, hey, I want to remind you something. You're not in covenant with just anyone. You're in covenant with God. Begin to sing to God as if he were your husband. Listen now, not your boss. Not your boss. Sing to God as if he were your covenant partner because he is. Watch this, Ephesians chapter 3. Paul asks, that we would have the power to understand. (laughs) You would have the power, the capacity. Somehow your brain would get a brain cell. Paul's literally praying. "I, I pray that your brains would expand so that you could understand the way all God's people should understand. There's something that every Christ follower needs to understand, and the problem is you don't have enough brain cells to understand this, and I'm praying that you will increase in your brain capacity. That's literally my translation. That's what he's saying. Here's what I want you to, to understand, he says. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. In other words, he's saying, you will never wrap your brain around how much God loves you. You will never fully, cognitively understand how much God is for you and not against you how much he wants to bless you and give you great gifts. The Bible says if we as, as earthly parents know how to give good gifts, how much more, come on, how much more does God in heaven know how to give good gifts to his children? But the problem is we restrict strict. Our capacity to receive because we sometimes rely on head knowledge, and our head knowledge, we just can't comprehend how much God loves us. And so, Paul says, really careful, you got to get this. So, forget to try to understand it because you never will. But instead, I pray you experience it. I pray you experience it. I pray you experience it. Here at Harvest, One of the greatest ways we have found to experience the love of God in a tangible, felt way. I'm using the word experience this morning because the Bible uses the word experience. Sometimes, uh, you know, people will say, oh, you guys are all into that, you know, experience. You know, you need to kind of be all about the Word of God. And we've talked about that. We love the Word of God. But you know what? The Bible says in John that Jesus is the Word of God, and I don't read the Bible to get head knowledge to try to understand more. I want to experience Him. I want to talk to Him. I know He can talk to me. In September, we'll be doing a series about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is real today, and that we can experience everything there is about God's love. We can experience. I wish I could say that word about a thousand more times to really push it home. I want you this morning to experience. And so at Harvest, we believe one of the greatest ways to experience God's love is during our times of corporate praise and worship. That in those times, as we begin to sing, as we begin to worship, The restrictions of circumstances are pushed off. Bondages are pushed away. Addictions are broken literally as God manifests himself in the praises of his people. And he begins to touch people's hearts. And we've heard the story over and over. Maybe it's your story of people who are new to Harvest. And they'll say, I don't know what it was during that music time, but I couldn't stop crying and now I'm crying again. (laughs) And not to laugh at that experience, but it's joyful laughing because, yes, you were experiencing God's love. And the barriers of your life came down as you opened your heart and felt to be emotional and safe enough to begin to cry. Did you know crying is one of the most vulnerable of emotions? It means that God is touching your heart. You were experiencing God's love, answering the prayer of Paul and answering our prayer. Well, during Christina and our uh, first, this major expansion, we were learning about praise and worship. We were learning about getting close to God. The Bible says in James, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. It says, enter the courts with thanksgiving and praise in your heart. I, I want to just kind of uh, uh, hit this point today because it's so important uh, as, as you're going to see, as, as we just understand, sing O Barren. We had grown up in church our whole lives and, you know, singing and even this word worship, that wasn't new to us. But as Christine and I Began to understand new teaching to us back in those early days as we went to the church in upstate New York. And part of our expansion was an expansion of, of the experiential component of God's manifest presence, God's tangible, felt presence as we were in services and when we were alone in our worship time. And what began to happen is we began to answer this scripture. And in the barrenness and restriction of our life, we began to enter into worship with abandonment and with passion. And we began to sing to God. You see, all of our lives we had sung about God. We had sung songs about God. And they were great songs with knowledge about God and what He had done and about our salvation. And it was great music. And I still remember those songs. But something happened in our lives those many years ago in the early 90s as we began to embrace singing to God. And we began to sing to the one that we were in covenant with, As if God were our husband, in intimate language like we sing here at Harvest today. But I have felt God speaking to me, that as we're to get ready for this expansion, that we are to return to a place of passionate worship here at Harvest, as we have never uh, done before. Like, it's been awesome, but I believe we're going to another level of passionate, experiential worship that's going to push the boundaries of limitations as we raise our voices and the presence of God comes in the praises of his people and it's been long it's been so long since we've been here corporately to do that and Zephaniah 317 says this as it begins to literally change the atmosphere the Lord your God is with you the mighty warrior her saves you the warrior component's important because it's God who fights remember we're not looking at the restrictions of the enemy because I am in covenant partnership with a God who's a warrior And he saves me. He will take great delight in you. God's not angry at you. God loves you so very much. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. Some of you are waiting for God to rebuke you and point out your mistakes. He doesn't want to point out your mistakes. He wants to love you, change you from the inside out. He wants to bless you. But will rejoice over you. We're singing think about it. As we begin to dance and sing before the Lord, the Bible says God responds and begins to dance and sing with us. It makes me think about when I scoop my little granddaughters up off the ground and often there's music playing in our house and I pretend I'm waltzing with them and I whisper in their ear and I tell them someday when you get married, Papa's going to waltz with you at your wedding. Oh, your husband gets to do it first and then your dad will do it, but Papa's standing in line and he's going to dance with you at your wedding. They're off the ground and I'm And they're giggling. I love you. I love you, Papa. And that's the picture of God loving us intimately, literally dancing and singing over us. Number one this morning seasons of expansion start with a renewed passion for worship. Not singing to our boss (laughs) in a contract that we're serving this God in heaven. No. Singing to our husband, our covenant partner. Hey, listen, Paul said this is so important because he prayed, I wish you had the power to understand this. You don't, but you've got to experience it. Come on, I believe you can experience this at home, it, not just in the corporate meetings. I remember one day when this was new to us and I was by myself and I, had, uh, I was in a room alone, the, house, the the house alone, and the music was blaring. It was worship music and I was doing my own time with the Lord and I suddenly felt it was as if a, a person walked into the room, and I was aware that the Holy Spirit, Jesus, had come into that room. I couldn't see him, and I didn't hear him with my, my ear and an audible voice, but inside I could powerfully sense he was there. It was, he was always there. The Bible says he's always with us, but he was there in a way as if the veil was pulled back a little bit, and I, I, could, I could experience him. It was a profound experience that marked my life, changed me. I I literally knelt down. I began to go down low. I I knelt down, and and I put my head down on the ground. I just felt like I need to go so low and humble myself before the Lord. At that moment, I just felt the affirmation of God's spirit. And I felt to just take my arms as if I was putting my arms around his legs. And I know that sounds maybe funny today or foolish or maybe even weird to you. But that day in that room, one-on-one, I was experiencing something so powerful and that I began to uncontrollably weep as I realized that he loves me. I realized that he would take the time out of eternity and step into my world and say, son, I'm rejoicing over you. I love you. I'm not your boss. Sing, Continue to sing to me for your whole life like I'm your covenant partner. I'm your intimate connection. I'm not your boss. An understanding of how much God loves us as we experience how deep, how wide, how high, how much he loves us is tantamount. It is so important for this next step that we're going to look at this morning. Back to our story. I I left you in the moving truck as we crossed the border. Christine and I were driving a a, a brand-new Pontiac Sunbird. That was literally given to us. The little white limo that we affectionately called—I told you about—our little Pontiac Acadian literally was falling apart and wasn't safe. I had packed my kids in there, my family in there. We were in a season of commuting uh, to upstate New York for, as I shared with you, part of that story. And 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 literally, as I'm in the, I'm in that that moving truck. Chris is behind me in a car that was provided. Now. What we didn't really understand how blessing, how blessing comes, because I have a hard time, uh, not as as much as I used to, but in that day, I had a very religious understanding, a very hard time to receive such great blessing from the Lord. But that blessing was necessary for our expansion. We literally and physically couldn't go to the place of expansion in the car we were driving because it was it needed to be in the scrapyard. We couldn't walk to our place of expansion. We needed a car. And, and no matter what you require for your expansion, there will be things that you require that you can't produce for yourself. You don't have the means to produce it for yourself. And God will provide a way of blessing. He might do like he did for us and just provide it. It's gifted to you. He may increase your finances so you can purchase it. He, he, might, he might give you the greatest deal on planet Earth so that you could have a car if you needed a car and whatever the application. But for us, uh, it, was, it was something we could not produce. It was a car. What do you require today for the expansion that God's speaking to you about? What do you require? For what's ahead and down the road. Begin to pray in the understanding that you're in covenant. You're in partnership with God. If you're in partnership with God, you're not to be barren. You're not to be in the place of incapacity, of being incapacitated or unable to produce what you need for your expansion. God is your maker. He, You are partnered with God. If you're partnered with God, make your dreams big today. Come on. God wants to bless you today. You might say, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve such extravagant gifts from the Lord. You're right, we don't. But we can receive them as we begin to understand and experience the God who loves us in covenant. It's not if you do this or if you do that, God will bless you. If you give this much money, God will bless you. If you no, God just wants to bless you. The scripture goes on. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large, spread out, think big. You know what, Harvest? I just want to, like, read this a thousand more times as the Holy Spirit would press this into your life and into your expansion. This is not a little expansion. This is a big one. This is a large expansion as individuals, as families, our church, and our city. Clear." Lots of ground for the tents, make your tents large, spread out and think big. Come on, we need to think big. Have you ever gone over to somebody's house and maybe you're just getting to know them and they've invited you over uh just you know hey, let's hang out, let's get to know each other and so maybe you've done it as couples or if you're a single, you've gone over to some people's houses and and uh you know if that were to happen to me, and it's kind of a new person, and uh, maybe we've talked a few times at church, and, and uh, so, hey, let's get to, yeah, we, we, we plan it, and uh, I mean, not now, we can't do it right now, but, but follow me in the story, we used to do this, and we're going to do this, and you get to the house, and you find out that they're serving for supper, your favorite, which is my favorite, and that is steak on the grill, <laughs> the sacrifice of beef—a cow, a, a steer—that gave its life that we might enjoy mm, 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 the taste of beef. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan today, God bless you. I'm so sorry. My condolences to you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God bless you in your diet, but God bless me and mine. <laughs> and so you go over and you get ready to sit down, and they take. The nicest-looking porterhouse steak you've ever seen. You watched them put the ThermoPan into that steak. It read 126, internal temperature. It was taken off the grill, allowed to rest for five minutes to come up to perfect, medium-rare temperature. You cut into that steak. It is the juiciest. (gasps) You put it in your mouth, and you're reminded of Bill Murray in the movie What About Bob? And he... And you're making all the noises and enjoying the steak. You finish your steak. It wasn't the biggest steak in the world, but it certainly was a good steak. And your host comes back into the room with a plate of steaks. I mean, it's heaping, it's the rest of the cow. It's on there. And your host comes over to you and says, Would you like another? At that moment, there's internal dialogue. You know, one steak should be enough one steak might be enough. But in all honesty, one steak is not enough. And I would like a second. But there's an internal dialogue. I don't want to appear greedy. That's what we think. I don't know these people real well what are they going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm so greedy? Just just taking all this stuff, consuming all this blessing for me. Oh, my goodness. I think I'll hold back. I think I'm going to hold back on this one. And some of that internal dialogue, I think I'm going to hold back. You know, I don't. I just don't want to appear greedy. You know, some of us, because we don't know God well enough, we're not comfortable with how generous God is. Now I want you to see this because what if at that moment you put yourself into the shoes of your host who's trying, watching you enjoy that steak, wants to bless you desperately and their generosity is being offered to you and instead you push their generosity away because you don't want to appear greedy. Think about that. That's just twisted somehow. Some of us treat God that way. And as we get to know God better, become comfortable, yes, please, I'll have another. <laughs> God wants to bless you. So when you have that internal dialogue, I better hold back on this blessing message. You better not hold back. Because what God is blessing you right now to go into the season of expansion, you will use in the time of expansion. We're not in expansion yet. We're heading there. But what marks the beginning of a season of expansion is God's blessing. There are people experiencing new jobs right now. Job increase. Financial increase. We've heard so many stories. I I know that's God's way of saying you're on time get ready it's a work that I'm doing you're going to have the resources you need when you get there he'll give you the resources now for what's coming in the future don't hold back we just read enlarge the place of your tent stretch your tent curtains wide and don't hold back lengthen your cords strengthen the stakes number two seasons of expansion require us to know God wants. To bless you. Well, we were heading over the border with a moving truck full of our stuff, <laughs> and uh, and we had no place to put it. <laughs> we had looked at rental properties. I'd been a youth pastor on a meager salary, and uh, just there was no way we were going to be able to purchase a home in upstate New York. And uh, there was a shortage of rental properties, and and so we had we had uh, I had we we had. Um, uh, commuted for some time, and and as we moved our stuff over, we put it in storage, and we were living in the pastors, uh, Pastor Don and Mary Curry's basement for a season of time, believing God to open the door for something, somewhere to live. We couldn't live with them for the rest of our lives in the basement, and um, we, the church, was praying, and, and we were believing God for for a residence, uh, a rental residence, as I said, because that's that's what we kind of came with financially. Remember. We're moving into our season of expansion now. A new country, a new church, and so much would open up to us. My parents came for a visit, and they really, they really, they were like, "Wow!" Even though we're sad, you're moving to the United States, that much farther away. This, they just sensed the prophetic wind of God—that wind of the Holy Spirit—that this was a season in our lives. And my dad said to me, "You know, we want to uh, give you a down payment so you can purchase a home." here in this new city and put roots down and make this new place your own. And so we gladly, of course, received that gift. And we began to look for a home. And while my dad was there, we looked through some of the real estate listings. And there was a couple of homes that suited the price range. And we went to visit one of them. And uh, it was it really, it really was a small house. It really was small, but, but it has small price tags. So it was kind of in that ballpark. It was less than a thousand square feet, more than 900. That's just another way of saying small. (laughs) Well, we toured that house and we decided to put a purchase offer in on that home. And uh, I went down to the Century 21 office and we presented the offer with our real estate uh, uh, person. And uh, and we, we offered that. And about 15 minutes later, the real estate agent came out. I was still in the real estate office. And they said, Mr. Stevenson, we're asking that before you kind of finalize this offer that you think about the fact that we just we just found out there's another person in the next room literally filling out an offer on that property. And I'm like, that's the oldest trick in the book. Are you really? I mean, I'm from Ontario, but I'm not dumb. You know, we're from Canada, but we don't live in igloos. Uh, we don't have pet beavers. Like, hey, upstate New York person, I'm not stupid. That's not going to work. And they go, Mr. Stevenson, please, please, please. I know this seems strange, but for real, the house we had found out had been on the market for months and months and months and months and months with no activity. That's why we were going in on, on you know, it, it, things that it looked like it should be. And so... We upped, we upped the offer to what we, you know, what we thought would be a counter. We'd rehearsed all that. And so we did. We put the kind of final offer, here you go. Well, the next day we found out that the other person, uh, that their bid was $500 more than ours. And that's not a lot, except it was condition-free. He had lifted all his conditions, and we had condition of financing coming into a new country. So it scared off the owner, we're without a house. Well, That night, I went to bed, and I'm like, Lord, you know, I thought that was, you know, you're going to provide for us, and I went to sleep. While I was sleeping, I had a dream, and it was probably the most powerful dream that I've ever had since that time, and probably ever since. It was really a marked moment in my life. Let me share that dream with you. In the dream, I'm with my real estate agent in a car. We're driving down a a residential area in upstate New York, and we drive into a driveway, and there's a side door off the driveway into the home, and we knock on it. And the owners are behind, they move the curtains and they look and they go, No real estate agents, no real estate agents. I go, okay. I told my real estate agent to go back and get in the car. This is a dream. Uh, that I'm having, and as I'm relaying to you today, I go in the house, and I walk up a few steps into a kitchen area, the main floor, and up another flight of steps into the bedroom area, up another flight of steps into a finished attic to some loft bedrooms that were there. I come all the way down, and I stand in the kitchen, and I say to the owners in the dream, I will give you $49,100 for this house, and I wake up. And when I woke up, I had that same sense of Jesus in my room like I did in that worship experience I shared with you a moment ago. I recognized it. I sensed his love in the room. I sensed him coaxing me out of my bed to go downstairs and just spend a few moments in prayer. I did, and I opened the scriptures to the scripture I'm going to share with you next week of when Isaac began in a land of famine to respond to a time of famine. And what he did in a famine, you need water. And there were wells, and the enemy was filling the wells up with dirt so there was no water to drink. And Isaac was unfilling, looking for water, undigging those wells, looking for water. He had done that about three times. And on the third one, there was plenty of water, and he named the well Rehoboth. And in my little margin in my Bible, I had a study Bible, I looked, and Rehoboth meant a place of expansion, the place of many rooms, and I felt like the Holy Spirit say to me, not audibly, but in my inside, I am giving you a place of many rooms. That little house wasn't for you. The next morning, I woke up, in fact, going to bed. Christina is a very light sleeper, and I went to bed, uh, whatever time that was, in the wee hours of the morning. She goes, what, what are you doing? I go, I just saw our dream house. <laughs> <laughs> got into bed. The next morning, she thought she was dreaming. I said, no, I've seen our dream house and didn't have time to explain it. Uh, I had to get into the office where I now was the principal of the day school in upstate New York, and the phone rang. I picked up the phone, and it was a lady from the church, and she said, you know, um, I was thinking, we we prayed about it in the Sunday service that your family needed a home, and, and I just didn't think of it until this morning that Friends of ours have a home that uh, they're selling. They've uh, moved, and, and uh, they've really got to move this house. And uh, it's, it's, it's not on the market, uh, but they're, they're selling it privately. And I thought I'd make it aware to you. Now, even though it's only a few hours since the dream, I've not connected anything because <laughs> I'm dumb. And uh, I wrote down the address, and later that day when I had opportunity, I drove uh, down the road into that subdivision. I turned right onto Pleasant Street. That was the name of the street, Pleasant Street. And number eight Pleasant Street was the address. God's used the number eight, the number of new beginnings. This was a new beginning of expansion for us uh, in upstate in New York. And I pulled into that driveway, and I began to weep and weep and weep because that was exactly the house that was in my dream. Later that night, I made a a, a phone appointment to go through the house. I walked through the very door that the owner said, no real estate agents. I walked through. I did the first floor, the second floor, into the loft, and on the way down. I said, how much do you want for this house? They said, $53,000. This was a long time ago. (laughs) $53,000. I said, I'll give you uh, $49,100. Well. What had happened is I had had somebody from the church who was a contractor go and do a house inspection. He said to me, "Roy, you need to know, they have this. This house is bottom barrel basement priced for a very amazing home. I wouldn't give them less than they're asking. You'll insult them." And I'm thinking, but, but in the dream it was forty nine thousand one hundred, not fifty three. And so as we negotiated that day, I found a few things, there was only a few, to be able to say, you know, you need to come down on your price. And I said, I'll give you $49,100. They said, we can only come down $1,000. From 53 to 52, I said, sold, Shook their hand, and I gave them a $100 U.S. bill to kind of, you know, seal the deal. We went away and... In upstate New York, they have private banks. It's not like banks that are here in Canada. the franchise banks. Walked into, you know, a, a local bank and met the president of the bank, asked for a loan, and uh, a week later, he said, I've got good news and bad news. I said, okay, good news? He said, good news is you've got your mortgage. Okay, what's the bad news? The house didn't appraise for 52000 what you need for a mortgage. I said, okay, what did it appraise for? He said it appraised for $49,000 thousand dollars forty nine thousand one hundred dollars god overwhelmingly showed us <laughs> that he loved us he didn't want my growing family a little house that would just get by he wanted to give christine and i and our growing family now three the day we moved in ethan was only like one or two days old <laughs> and our family continued to grow, and God used that home. God used everything He blessed us with. Number three, God uses what He blesses you with, and He blesses you in advance, to advance His purposes of the kingdom. All of the resources are so you can be resourced to resource His kingdom, so you can have what you need. Don't Hold back, Harvest. I want you to begin to pray in these days about your expansion. God loves you. We're going to begin to passionately worship him. I'm inviting you to go back to the beginnings of your days of understanding how powerful that was. Or maybe it's new for you. Keep exercising. Maybe you've never experienced God the way I'm talking about. I invite you to begin to move through the doorway of worshiping God and experiencing him. Why? So you can know that he wants to bless you abundantly so that he could use you, your life, your circumstances, your advanced circumstances to advance his kingdom. You're going to take over nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. You know, God wants us to heal this region. It's almost as if there was a season that this city of Cornwall was abandoned as young adults ran for their lives, and the demographs showed that people between the ages of 18 and 25 were fleeing this city. I believe that this is going to be a city that people are attracted to, they're coming back to, and we need to be ready. We need to be ready in every way. I'm going to share next week how we can be ready for the city of Cornwall to continue. I believe since we've planted it in 2003, we've seen all kinds of healing, but we're going to see more. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Why? Your maker, your God, is your bridegroom. Let's begin to worship and pray to God as our covenant partner, not our boss. And let's see what God can do. God bless you today as we believe God for expansion. I'm closing our service today alone. Uh, Christina's just uh, enjoying some moments of relaxation today and some needed rest. I want to just ask before we close this service today, if you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your life, You've maybe thought of God as a boss. Maybe you thought of him as a taskmaster. Maybe you've been afraid that he would rebuke you if you came close to him. The Bible says that Jesus took our sin on his life on the cross. He died for you and I so that God is no longer angry at you. He literally put his anger on his son Jesus so that there would be an open way, a clear pathway for you to walk into the very arms of God. Loving arms of God. If you've never experienced that, I'd like to invite you today, the Bible says, as we turn from going our own way and turn toward God, a decision to simply turn toward God today and ask him to forgive you and come into your life. Could I lead you in a very short but meaningful and most important prayer that you would ever pray in your life? If you would just bow your head wherever you are right now and pray this prayer with me, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. I do turn to you today. I want to experience you. I don't understand this, but as I heard today, even if I don't understand, I can experience your love. I want to do that. Come in my life today. Forgive my sin. I want to start my life with you right now. And I do that, and I thank you for it. Amen. Hey, we believe if you prayed a prayer like that for the first time, you're born again. That means your spirit is alive. You're going to begin to experience God's presence in a powerful, powerful way. We'd like you to comment, I made a decision. You can text us to 613-704-7287. Just before we end this service, I just want to pray for a number of needs that have been made aware of us today. Let's all pray. Everywhere where you are, let's agree. There's powerful, powerful prayer In agreement prayer. Jesus, we thank you today for a newborn that was rushed to CHEO with extremely low blood pressure. And you can, uh, Lord, turn that around right now. Father, for a grandfather who is just really concerned and asked us to pray. For a mom and a dad who are concerned today as they look at that little newborn in that incubator in Chio. Right now, Father, do the miracle, I pray. People that are moving, Father, and they need details to come together. You care about details. Some to uh, new cities. Some to Cornwall. And, Lord, you're beginning their season of expansion with new homes. And, Lord, in new locations. Father, we pray for marriages and family today. Lord, that you would strengthen and expand uh, marriages. You would expand resources for families, I pray. Expand relationships and families today. And, Lord, what COVID has put pressure on and stress on, Father, I pray what the enemy meant for evil, you will turn around for good. That Scripture we opened with. You've not put me in the hands of the enemy. You've put me in the place of expansion. Father, I pray for those that have lost uh, loved ones today. Lord, today our dear dear the friend of this house, a prophet to this house, Bob Isabel, who lost his dear wife Jane this week. Lord, as she bravely fought through cancer and trusted you every step of the way. But Lord, now as that family is without uh, their dear and beloved Jane. What a what a warrior, what a what a woman of God. Lord, but now as she sits with you in heavenly places, Lord, we just ask that you would just help Pastor Bob and help that family as they grieve and others, Lord, who are grieving today. Father, we pray for an unborn child today that uh, it's just been detected that uh, there's just some some things that the doctors are concerned about. I just pray, Lord, that a concerned parent right now that's hearing that news, Lord, will say, no, we believe in our God. We believe in that we are partnered. We are partnered not with our boss. We are partnered with our covenant-keeping God who makes promise with us today to keep this unborn child to the day of delivery safe and sound. I believe you for that. We believe you for that. In the name of Jesus today, and all God's people said, Amen. Hey, whatever you were praying for, just know that you have an answer to prayer today. We love you so very much, Harvest. Christina wanted me to make sure uh, that her wave was included in my wave today. We love you. Have an amazing week. God bless you.